Um, we're so thankful to be here with you this morning. We're Russ and Heidi Smith, uh, Sam's missionaries that you pray for every Sunday. We're so thankful for that, and you also support us. And um, so it's a great uh, joy and pleasure to be here. We were with you two years ago when we first met you, uh, but now the Lord has given us this privilege to be able to speak to you from the pulpit. Can you hear us okay? Is the microphone coming out okay? Okay, good. So I'll ask Heidi to pray that the Lord will open our spiritual ears to hear what he's saying to the church. Heavenly Father, what a joy it is for us and me to be here today with all the saints at All Saints and for um, their support and prayers for us over these past two years since we first met. Uh, We thank you, Lord, for the privilege of looking at your word, and not just looking at it, but meditating on it and and filling our our minds and our hearts with it. We pray, Lord, that you would speak to us through your word today, that you would encourage us, that you would challenge us, that you would um, uh, just move us in obedience to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, as missionaries, um, Heidi and I, I believe that we are playing a role in God's great purpose for the universe. That purpose is to glorify God. Part of how God is glorified is by his saving men and women, boys and girls. He saves them by his grace and by his work, the perfect obedience of Jesus, his death on the cross, uh, as we'll hear later in the service, uh, an oblation of himself once offered, a full, perfect, and sufficient sacrifice, oblation, and satisfaction for the sins of the whole world. Uh, Listen for those words when we're celebrating the communion. And he saves them by his glorious resurrection, ascension, and second coming. All of this is God's doing. Uh, We might say that the only thing that we um, contributed was the sin that put Jesus on the cross. But if we look at the big story... Along the way, God did choose human agents um, and choose them and use them. Uh, We can think of people like Noah, Abraham and Sarah, Moses, David, and the prophets. Those are just a few of them. They were not perfect, but they believed God. As the writer of Hebrews tells us, uh, by this faith they received their commendation and they pleased God and became heirs of the righteousness that comes by faith. And that brings me to our second uh, reading uh, this morning, uh, Romans 10, verses 4 through 13. It begins with this verse, For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone who believes. To understand what Paul means, we need to look at what he has just written as well as the whole logical argument up to this point in the book of Romans. Since human beings are incapable of earning or deserving to be with God and enjoy him forever, they must receive as a gift what they do not have and what they cannot buy. What they do not have and what they cannot buy is righteousness. Not even Paul's fellow Jews, um, although they are very zealous, um, they're very zealous for God. But they have the message of Moses and the prophets, but they completely misunderstood them. Um, When they tried to establish their own righteousness by trying to obey rules and regulations, commandments and traditions, really, all they did was offend God by trusting in their own good works instead of trusting in God. Jesus 
God's chosen one, the Messiah, the fulfillment of all the ancient promises, the one the whole Old Testament points to, did obey God's will perfectly. So perfectly that it took him to the cross. He is the end, therefore, of the law because he showed what the law is about. He showed what true righteousness, according to the law, looks like. Everyone who is a true believer can see this. That's where the problem is. People that aren't believers don't understand it. And this is where we come into the story again. Not just Heidi and and me, but all of us. Both Jews and Gentiles must believe to be saved. They must confess with their mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in their heart that God raised him from the dead and call upon the name of the Lord. God has ordained that faith come from hearing the word of Christ. You could read that in verse 17 if you were looking at your Bible in the very same chapter 10. And you probably heard it a couple weeks ago when you had your World Mission Sunday. Um, and God has ordained that people hear uh, the word through human agents, usually. Very rarely does he send an angel to give the message. That's not his, uh, the way he has decided it should be. But if he has graciously given us faith to confess that Jesus is Lord and believe that God raised him from the dead and have, has given us faith to call upon his name, then he has also commissioned us to share the message of Jesus with others. That's true for missionaries, and it's true for all of you. Some of us receive the title of missionaries, and we're called to cross some kind of barrier, maybe cultural, maybe linguistic, maybe ethnic, maybe national. Others are called to do this in their own family and their neighborhood. We are all called to support one another in this uh, work as we tell other people about Jesus. Now, this is difficult because um, it wasn't only Paul's Jewish relatives a long time ago when he wrote that letter who tried to establish their own righteousness, trusting in themselves and their own good works. That is the essence of all other religions. Islam, Buddhism, Hinduism, whatever it is. Uh, The sects that are kind of like uh, the the, uh, cults that are like somewhat like Christianity. They all trust in themselves and what they do rather than trusting in God and what Jesus did. Um, But unfortunately, many who think of themselves even as Christians in practice don't truly trust Christ. They may be very zealous, but they may have a very misdirected faith. And of course, um, there are the unreligious people, the secularists, Some of them could be pretty moral, kind, generous, um, even friendly. Others might be hardened sinners. But whether a person is a Jew or a Gentile, whether the person is religious or not, there is no distinction. Paul has declared earlier that they're all under the condemnation of God's wrath. But also everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And that's the good news, the word of faith that we proclaim. Um, So Heidi and I have the privilege of doing that in Chile. Uh, We've been doing it for 35 years, and we're so thankful. And it's not only evangelizing people, it's also making disciples of all nations. Um, And in our case, in, in Chile. Part of how we do that is help people understand the Bible better. 
sometimes we learn better about the Bible while we're doing that. Heidi's going to share uh, the story of a lady named Rufina, uh, whom God sent on a mission to tell all kinds of people about Jesus so that they could have the opportunity to call upon the name of the Lord themselves. Well, Rufina is a member of our Equipping Servants International Bible Study course. We were in the final module of six when COVID hit. Of course, of everything shut down, in Chile even more so than here, and our Bible study moved to Zoom. The final module is a study of the book of Acts, and we all marveled as we read what the disciples prayed when, the perse- when persecution of the church became a daily part of life. They did not pray, Lord, help us to be safe. Rather, give us boldness to preach the gospel in Acts 4.3. We were away by that, by the realization of how they It convicted us. We were saying, Lord, keep us in this pandemic. Lord, help us not get COVID. Rufina was moved by what she was reading and what she was learning. And the next week, us that she was troubled by the thought that the people in the hospitals were not allowed visitors because of COVID. She felt like they needed hope, but no one could take them that hope. Maybe there were people there who would call upon the name of the Lord and be saved if only someone would tell them about him. But no one to visit them. The Holy Spirit convicted her, pressed on her the need to pray for boldness, and that God would take her out of her comfort zone, just as he did with the disciples by means of persecution. Now, little did Rufina know how those two prayers would be hope to be brought to the patients in the hospitals, and two, for God to take her out of her comfort zone and give her boldness. How could that happen? Well, no one was even when no one was even allowed to leave their houses except with a special pass to go buy groceries. We didn't know how that prayer would be answered, but God did. Shortly after praying that prayer, Rufina developed severe digestion problems and had to be hospitalized. She became a patient in the hospital. God took her out of her comfort zone as she had prayed, and God used her to bring hope to patients in the hospital, to tell them about Jesus so that they could call upon the name of and be saved. Now, you have to understand, public hospitals in Chile are different than hospitals here. In a room, you might have four patients or six patients. Rufina had a captive audience, and she began to share her faith. She had a mission, and she wasn't going to miss the opportunity. In the six weeks that Rufina was in the hospital, she shared Jesus with a lot of people. She was there so long that she had a large number of roommates. They would come and go, but not before Rufina shared the gospel 
and not before they had been given the opportunity to call upon the name of the Lord. And God did amazing things. Our reading states that he is Lord of, of all and that he bestows his and that he bestows his what is that word? That he bestows his riches on those Now people were coming to know Jesus. People were being restored to a right relationship with God after having wandered from him for years. Now there was one lady who didn't want to listen. So every time Rufina would pray out loud for her, she would plug in her earphones so she didn't have to hear. But one day, her earphones broke, and she had to listen. God touched that young lady. He healed some things in her from years ago. He even reminded her of a dream that she had had one time about Jesus calling her. All told, at least ten of those with whom Rufina shared the gospel were significantly impacted by what they heard, and a number of them did call upon the name of the Lord and were saved. Now, they, there may have been more than ten. Ten we Sure, but who knows what all God was doing behind the scenes. Now, you may be wondering, what happened to Rufina? Well, the doctors had discovered tumors and really thought that she had cancer. But the biopsies kept coming out negative. But they couldn't believe it, so they would do more. And this whole process took six weeks while they were looking for those tumors. But during those six weeks, Rufina had time to share her faith with all those people. One day the doctor asked her how long she thought she would be in the hospital. And she said, until God decides it's time for me to go home. When Rufina did go home, her body was healed. The tumors were completely gone. And God's mission for her had been fulfilled. Her prayer had been answered. God had taken her out of her comfort zone and hope had come to the patients in that hospital. Because of Rufina taking advantage of the opportunities God had given her to share her faith, the Lord did, as our reading says, bestow his riches on those who called on him. And those who called upon the name of the Lord were gloriously saved. We pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for... Um, what Rufina was able to do in your name. We thank you that you answered her prayer, not in the way maybe she was expecting, but you um, used her to proclaim the gospel to people in a hopeless situation. Thank you for that. Now help us also to also be bold to share our faith in Jesus with others so that they can also call upon his name and be saved. Now we have... Um, a little gift that we would like to... Yeah, we presented this gift at the early service. We said, Father Brad, please don't take it with you to Tennessee. And he didn't, but he left it hanging up there. So that is our gift that we brought from Chile. Um, it's made of um, wool, 
um, sheep's wool, not alpaca wool, where we live in the south there aren't alpacas, but sheep's wool, there are lots of sheep, and a Mapuche lady, um, the Mapuche are the people among whom we serve, um, made that. And we present it to you as um, recognition of our partnership in the gospel. We also have with us our prayer cards today, and if you haven't gotten one already, um, we'll be in the back after church to give you one if you would like to take it to remind you to pray for us. And we always remember the story of a lady years ago, and she said, you know, I'm going to take that card, and I'm going to put it on my refrigerator. And every time I open the refrigerator to get a glass of milk for my children, I will see your picture, and I will pray for you. And that's the kind of faithful, ongoing prayer support that we need. Thank you. Thank you.